When people see that you are happy, they want yeah. in on that. This is what heals us. I was like, oh my God, there's something deeper here. But if you can sense like something's off, nine times out of 10, it's linked to your gut health. Gut issues, like what? what is gut issues? Yeah. Eating for your symptoms, because we can eat a lot of healthy foods, but they're triggering our symptoms more and more. Am I truly yeah. happy with the way my life is? Ooh, or am I just yes. going through the motions? What do you want? Hey friends, I'm Emily Jordan, and this is Emily Jordan Radio. My work is all about helping women feel like the fullest, most badass versions of themselves. Because I think women are pretty great, and the world is pretty great when we show up confidently as who we are. I lead online group coaching programs for girls and women. I'm a women's personal trainer, and I also work one-on-one with women to help them discover who they are, help them like who that is, and then help them fully embody that person in all areas of their lives. This podcast is a collection of conversations, solo episodes, and short meditations in hopes of providing you with authentic, fun, relatable, educational, and inspirational content to help you become the fullest, most badass version of yourself. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Emily Jordan Radio. I am so happy you're here. I'm happy you're listening. I'm happy you're a part of my community. And I am very, very happy to share this conversation between me and my island friend, birthday twin, and soul sister, Capricia Richards, with you today. So, fun fact, Capricia lives in the Virgin Islands, which means, unfortunately, I was not able to interview her in person. But... Despite the distance, we had an amazing conversation that I can best describe as juicy, and you'll see why in just a minute. I wanted to briefly mention the fact that we recorded long distance just to warn you that some of the audio gets a little noisy and fuzzy at times, so I apologize for that, but I honestly think it kind of just adds to the authenticity because I'm pretty sure if you listen closely, you can hear the ocean and the island breeze and even some chirping wildlife, so I mean... It's like a bonus feature, right? Anyway, I'm really excited for this conversation with Capricia, who is a holistic nutrition coach for what I'm going to refer to as female badasses. And I'm going to let you learn about what Capricia's work is about in the episode, but just to kind of prime your ears here and get you excited for what you're about to listen to, Capricia is my personal go-to source for all things feminine energy, gut health, full body wellness, and just really tapping into you, who you are, what you want, what you're capable of, and how in the midst of all that, it is crucial to optimize your physical health. Otherwise, you're going to be pretty distracted by unnecessary and totally preventable factors like fatigue, body pain, mood swings, bloat, and a lot of other things that lots of women are living with and assuming are just normal, but are actually probably signs of something deeper going on. And so we're going to talk about stuff like that. We're going to talk about Capricia's journey from playing collegiate volleyball to soul searching and gut healing as an au pair in Australia. We're going to talk about how you know whether or not you have gut health issues and what you can do about it. We're going to talk about our periods and how we can use those babies to our advantage. And Capricia's even going to surprise me at the end of the episode with a big question that I was not anticipating, but that I really appreciated. It's a great episode. It's a great listen. Tons of knowledge, lots of laughs, lots of really, really interesting, actionable takeaways, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, here is Capricia Richards. Okay, so let's um, dig in. I feel like this is going to be as educational for me as it is everybody listening because when I was like trying to introduce you briefly to my people earlier, I was like, she's just an expert on women and bodies. (laughs) Because every time I watch your stuff, I'm just like, wow. Like, and I love that stuff, but I'm still, I just feel like really learning in that department. So I'm really excited for that. So if you can just tell me and everybody, tell us like what you do now and then give us like as brief as you can, how you got there. We're going to go into your real story in a minute, but give us the like condensed what you do now, how you got to do it. 
Yeah, no worries. So I am Capricia. Hi, I don't think Emily said my name, you guys. <laughs> so hello, listeners. Um, I'm Capricia. I am a holistic nutritionist and wellness coach for female professional women. So I help um, boss ladies like us um, really make our wellness a priority because when we're doing the damn thing and we're out here and we're slaying and we're trying to reach our goals, um, a lot of times our wellness goes on the back burner. So I come in and really help my clients to prioritize, you know, eating and their gut health and mm-hmm. taking care of, you know, their feminine and all those different things that, you know, go into play with being a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially being a woman boss, because your clients yes. are specifically now female professionals. Like, not that they're not everyday women, but they're specifically like boss ass women. Are all of them self-employed or are some of them like, um, like are they are they all their own businesses or do they work for a big company, some of them? So I have a range. Um, I have a couple women who are business coaches, um, entrepreneurs. I have doctors. Um, so they're professional in their own okay. way. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so how did you, because like I said, this is not how this thing started. No, girl. How did, how did Baby Capricia get here? <laughs> oh, man. I feel like I always wanted to get there. I just didn't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why, you know, your journey is so, so important. We can't ever skip steps, you know? So... How I got here, I started off personal training. Um, I was working a full-time job in the government, and I've always been passionate about health and wellness. So I was like, let me go ahead and get my little personal training right, certification. Right. <laughs> Girl, I remember it. I, like, studied my ass off, like, for four months. I was oh like, my oh, my gosh. gosh. <laughs> so I started doing a little personal training on the side, and... Back then, I was listening to, you know, the Angelis and the Amanda Bucci's. And I remember one podcast episode, um, one of them, I can't remember who it was. They were like, when you're making about three quarters of your income that you're making at your full time job in your side hustle, that's a great time to like cut ties (laughs) and like do this thing and go full time and like really bet on you. So I remember I was like punching numbers. I was like, wait, this is actually doable. Like what? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So yeah, I, I turned in my resignation letter. Um, I think it was December of 2017 and I went full time into personal training. Um, and I was doing that for really up until earlier this year, to be honest, Um, And I really built a name for myself. Up to this day, people still consider me a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I've described, I do so so many other things now. Um, But yeah, once I got into personal training, I realized from the beginning, I was always really focused on like the deeper stuff. You know, my clients would be lifting weights and I'm like, so how are you feeling today? Right, right, yes, yes. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, let's have a therapy session. And they're like, I just want to do squats. <laughs> no. Well, honestly, they enjoyed it too. Mm-hmm. And um, I would bring in these like personal development books and we would read a different book oh. every month. And they loved it. So I was like, yeah. okay, there's something here, you know? So I, the deeper I got into my own like personal development and healing, I'm sure we can get into that mm-hmm. a little bit later. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy freaking shit i was like oh my god there's something deeper here and the more that i dove into it for myself Mm -hmm. i was like i can't deny this and so the calling just pulled me more and more and more away from the physical aspect of things and more on like the deeper healing stuff so what happened like with you what's your transformation story it starts with the physical to be honest so Mm -hmm. as a athlete volleyball was like my life at the time that was my identity and when i got to college um, i actually tore my achilles freshman year in preseason okay i didn't even make it to the season girl (laughs) that's also like a terrible injury yeah oh my god okay so i sat out for that entire year and i really witnessed like my confidence was like non-existent. I didn't know who I was. 
I was like, oh my gosh, so it was a huge wake up call for me in that moment. Like, sis, you got to find some other, some other things, right? So, you know, I got healed and everything and I went back to play, but um, my collegiate experience wasn't the way that I had planned for it to be. Like I came from being the best of the best. And so I went in with that mentality and coming into a situation where there were people better than me and I never got to that place. It really like messed with my self-esteem. So after I finished college volleyball, I was like, F fitness, mm-hmm. F all of that. Like I'm done. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah. So I went on this like journey. Um, after I graduated from college, literally a week later, I moved to Australia. I was an au pair. Yeah, and I would say that's when like I really started taking interest in personal development because I didn't have this the sports to. Yeah you know, block what I, what I was experiencing internally. So yeah, I started reading like personal development books, mindset. It was a lot of like Mm -hmm. mindset stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course I was healing my body at the time because I had gut issues and all that sort of stuff. We can get into that after. Um, And then, you know, as years went on, I realized, okay, I understand the mindset and I, I get it. Right. I I get that part, but I feel like there's something still missing. Right. And as me, a person, I was like, I want to dig deeper into myself. Yeah. You know, Mm because I think the biggest thing for me was I felt like I had a false sense of confidence and I didn't know how to break out of that. Like I could feel it was shaky. To the outside world, you know, I, I'm pretty sure people are like, oh, she's so confident. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she, uh. but for me, I felt it's unstable. Yeah. I want to get that deeper grounded self sense of confidence. So started diving into like feminine energy, um, you know, healing and what really like just catapulted everything. Um, I went to an in-person event in New York. And, um, (laughs) basically all of the activities was super vulnerable. I cried in a room full of women. I talked about sex. I talked about like just things that you don't want to share. I had to put it all out there on the table. And it was so crazy how I was so accepted and loved. And there were other women feeling the same way and that's Mm -hmm. when it really made a connection for me like holy shit this is what heals us Mm -hmm. is sharing our vulnerability sharing our story right digging deep into ourselves and pulling that up to the root and being seen in that that's what makes us heal it's not the mindset stuff right yeah we have to go deeper into ourselves and and our our deepest fears and then connect that with our mind Mm -hmm. and reprogram our subconscious and all that kind of stuff yeah (laughs) i feel like i in a way know exactly what you mean and i'm sure so many other people do too because that's such for me a relatable like post-college real life struggle because for me and I think a lot of other people too, like your life all the way from zero until last day of college is so like structured around other things. You know, you have school, you have sports, you have your grades, you have your friends, and then you leave this whole life and they're just like, okay, go out into the world now. And you're by, you're literally by yourself. And you're like, oh my God, I have to decide my whole day. I have to find a job. I've got to make money. Even if you still have a support system for those things, like you just realize how much of an actual independent person and being you are. And so I think everybody's first response is like, okay, well, like, I'll just do like some personal development and like, everything's going to be fine. But even that's externalizing it, right? So like you said, you have to be like, all right, time to do the dirty work. Gotta hang out with me and like learn about me, dig into me. And like that shit is hard. And I think a lot of people are under the impression that 
they can just read a book and get it over with or like go to an event and get it over with. And it's like, I got news. It's, it's a long process and nobody's ever done with it. You know, like you're always Mm -hmm. every day going into it more and more. And so that's something that like, I try to share with people and like love that this conversation gets to show too, is that like, it goes on forever. And just because you're an expert in your field or just because you're a coach or a trainer or whatever, doesn't mean you're done with it. You know, like you're still doing it and there's always more to do. And the more you do it, the better it feels too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think the, the exercise that helped me the most at that event was yeah. anger release. Mm. <gasps> Y'all. We have so much anger inside of us. Would you? We say, don't even realize. Would you say that, being that you and I both work with women, that it is more prevalent in women to have more anger? Do we repress our anger more than males? You know, because I feel like women aren't supposed to be angry. We're not supposed to be violent. Like all that's not feminine. So is that like I don't know? What are your thoughts on like women being angry and expressing that anger? We absolutely repress um, those parts of emotions. Absolutely. You're supposed to be pretty and put together. And, you know, being in a very, like, heavily pseudo-masculine society Mm -hmm. where, like, you need to focus on, you know, structure and prioritizing what's going to help you to be successful. You don't have time to be feeling in your feelings and getting all emotion. The feminine is very repressed on its own. And the feminine is responsible for those emotions, right? So absolutely, we repress it as women, naturally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think maybe we store, like, we are more prone to anger? Like, do we have more to be angry about than men? Or, like, why was that such a powerful thing for you? Like, do you have a lot to be angry about? (laughs) (laughs) funny thing is I thought I didn't like I was like I'm good like mm-hmm. it's okay and when she made us do it at the event and it was intense girl like we it was a group of like 20 of us and we were screaming it down this building yes. like screaming bawling like F you mm-hmm. I hate you and then we had to get up in front of everyone and like just scream like really be seen in mm, that yeah and it was like i did not realize i had all of that stored inside of me and to answer your question as women we naturally absorb we take mm. in things and we store it inside of our womb space okay so yeah naturally yeah. women i wouldn't say we have more anger mm. it's just that we internalize it and we don't have anywhere to really express it because yeah. we get called an angry bitch and right, right. Oh, is it that time of the month and mm-hmm. all of these different things right yeah yeah i that also reminds me like this is so weird and like random but something that i've like came across in probably the last like three to six months was like i just randomly scream as loud as i can in my car not even out of anger just like like in in every time I do it, I think when was the last time I went like full out with something, you know, like even sprinting, you know, like we don't sprint a lot. We don't scream a lot. We don't like fully flush anything out very often. And I did it. It felt really good. And then the other thing I thought was women are afraid to do that. Even in the fucking privacy of their own car about nothing in particular, we're too afraid. What if somebody hears me? What if somebody sees me? What if somebody at the stoplight is looking at me? You know, like, so there's also, I just think women are so hyper vigilant about how they're being perceived that expressing anger is not something we're good at doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, when it comes to emotions, we have to accept the duality. You can't just be happy and then like, oh, sadness. Oh, I got to quickly get rid of that no Mm -hmm. you need to feel into both of those because that anger that sadness it's coming up for a reason and so you need to tap into it right yeah i remember one time i did um an anger release at home and i went on my stories after and i shared a picture of like my makeup all smeared and whatever and i got so many messages like are you okay is everything okay let me know if you need anything and i'm just like no yeah no (laughs) right Right, so yeah okay another thing that you brought up that i want to ask about and this like 
again, just as much educational for me as everybody else. So for all my listeners, like I'm in it with you, girl, there's so much I don't know and don't understand and like have no problem that I don't understand. So when you talk about in your story, you're like, oh, I had gut health issues, but like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, pause. How, how are women supposed to know they got gut health issues? Because I think this is a like larger conversation too. I think women, especially just assume so much of what they experience is normal, you know, like, Oh, it's just normal Mm. for me to not do blah, blah, blah. Or it's normal for me to not feel these things. So how did you know, like you had gut health issues and then what are gut health issues? Yeah. Um, so I'll take it back to when I first went to college, I realized that I just wasn't feeling good. Mm -hmm. Like I was sleepy all the time and being an athlete, that was not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had, they had, um, they had diagnosed me with exercise induced asthma. I had food allergies. It was just so much stuff. I had bloating. Um, I had endometriosis. Mm. So I'm like, so I remembered when I went to college. But like, what are your like symptoms? Like if people are feeling these things, you know, like how do you, how do you even know to go get tested for asthma or endometriosis or any of those things? Like, what are you actually feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, for me, what I was experiencing was bloating. Um, every time I would eat a meal, my stomach, I looked like I was pregnant. Okay. Okay. Um, I was having mood swings. Like one time I'd be really, really happy. And then the next time I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm not going Mm -hmm. anywhere. Like I'm, it's just me. I'm all alone. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Right. Um, also when it, when it came to endometriosis, I was experiencing, um, painful sex, um, my periods were super, super, super heavy. Mm. They were irregular. I would get really sharp pains. Um, let me think what else. For food intolerances, they were just popping up left and right. Like things that I would, I grew up eating, like dairy, yeah. um, bread especially. I realized like, whoa, I don't feel good after I eat these things. So it's just a matter of um, paying more attention to what was going on with my body and realizing like something's up. So I started cutting foods out. Okay. So I, I cut out red meats. I was only eating chicken for a while. Then I was only eating fish for a while. Then I tried to go raw vegan. That was a fail. <laughs> And then I eventually settled on um, just vegan. And things were looking up, but I still didn't feel as optimal. Right? And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm, I'm eating these healthy foods. Like, why am I still dealing with all these different things? Mm-hmm. So I remembered um, I was actually document. I was I had a YouTube channel back in the day, girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> And um, I remembered I was talking about like, you know, like being vegan and being Caribbean and like my whole identity crisis I was going through. Mm-hmm. And in that video, I had mentioned that I was dealing with a lot of like food intolerances. And this person in the comments, they were like, um, you actually have gut issues and you need to look into that. So I was like, gut issues? Like what? what is gut issues? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this was actually when I was living in Australia. I was like, okay, I need to like get help, but I want to do it the natural way. So my host mom, she put me in contact with this naturopath and she was saying the same thing. She was like, yeah, these are, these are gut health issues. And so she put me on this whole protocol and immediately I started to get relief. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what were some of the biggest things that you remember? I mean, I'm sure you still do a lot of them, but like, what were some of the biggest things that you were like, Oh shit, a, this works and B, I didn't know about this. You know? Um, I, I can't necessarily remember what her protocol is because of course I've done my own research. I've gotten certified now, but I just remember doing exactly what she told me to do. So there was like a couple supplements she wanted me to get, um, just different like lifestyle changes she wanted me to make started doing that and the bloating started going away she also had me cut out certain foods okay bloating started going away the fatigue I had more energy it was 
it was literally like overnight it felt like awesome yeah okay that brings up another question the vegan thing so like i am not vegan i sometimes eat vegan stuff and like sometimes have like meatless weeks or whatever is veganism something you promote as like everybody should do this this is how we were meant to eat or is it like this is what works for me if it doesn't work for you that's fine mm-hmm. um i promote mostly plant-based living so i never push veganism onto anyone Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't necessarily believe that to receive all of the health benefits and to be in the most optimum health, you have to be completely vegan. Um, I have seen time and time again, just by incorporating more plant-based foods into your diet, you know, cutting back on processed foods and eating for your symptoms. That is a huge, huge thing Mm. Uh, because we can eat a lot of healthy foods, but they're triggering our symptoms more and more. Okay. Um, so I've seen time and time again, just by making those changes, that's what helps to, you know, help someone achieve optimal health. Can you give a random example of eating for your symptoms? Like what does eating for your symptoms mean for somebody? Oh girl. (laughs) So for me, (laughs) just one, just one. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a big thing for me was almond butter. I used to throw back some almond butter. Really? Okay. Oh, I'm allergic to peanut butter. Let me just do almond butter. And what I didn't realize was that when you have gut issues, you really want to cut back on the fat. Mm. Because when your liver is in overdrive and it's being compromised, fat is going to slow things down. So for me, I'm here throwing back almond butter, like, ooh, I'm being healthy. Mm-hmm. But that was actually triggering my issues more and more. So that's just mm-hmm. an example. I am so happy you used that as an example because it's also really hard to explain to people that just because something is a healthy food or a superfood or whatever doesn't necessarily mean that it, it is going to provide those results for or benefits for you, right? Like um, kale, great food my body do not like kale that much. Like I eat it, but like I notice I get a stomach ache if I eat too much kale versus having a salad with spinach, right? So it's like, I think so much of it is teaching people how to pay attention to what happens when they eat certain things. Um, And I'm, I'm sure that's a huge part of what your coaching does with women, right? Like helping them make connections between what they eat and how they feel when they eat it. Yeah, and it's also helping, helping women to be aware that... Things like, okay, so you can have a flare up days or weeks after you've eaten the trigger food. Mm. So let's say, for example, the trigger food. That is messed up. Yeah, girl. (laughs) So let's say you eat, I don't know, Wendy's, Mm -hmm. right? You're feeling okay. You're good. And then you go and eat, let's say, kale. Well, kale, with all of the fiber and all that kind of stuff, it's actually acting as a roughage. So it's Mm -hmm. actually pulling down those foods that you ate weeks ago into your digestive system. So it's only now that it's hitting your digestive tract and your body's feeling it. Oh yeah, girl. So, okay. So then real question, me and everybody, like how do you figure that stuff out? Because if it's two weeks, like I did whole 30 and like was able to figure out some things from that by slowly reintroducing, but like the fuck, I'm supposed to wait two weeks to see if something is affecting me. Like, what? How are we supposed to go about this? I would say start with monitoring yourself. Like if you know you don't feel optimum because we should be feeling good. Yeah. Right. But if you can sense like "Mm, something's off nine times out of 10, it's linked to your gut health, even hormonal things. I hear a lot of women saying, you know, oh, I have mood swings because my time of the month is coming or I get super bad cramps or I'm a bitch around my period. Those Mm -hmm. things are not normal. That means you have an imbalance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can you talk then about like, what is normal? Because again, women just think a lot of stuff is normal. You know, it's normal for me to be moody. It's normal for me to bloat. It's normal for me to have stomach problems and not use the bathroom regularly and all that kind of stuff. Like in just very basic terms, like what is normal? What is optimum? Yeah. So around your menstrual phase of your cycle, you should not be experiencing mood swings. So you should feel pretty normal. 
you will feel slightly less high energy just because that's a time to be like very reclusive, you know, introspective. Um, I will say that if you haven't dealt with your shit mm-hmm. <laughs> in other parts of your cycle, let's say you've been avoiding something, maybe you've been avoiding having tough conversations, maybe you've been avoiding something. Mm-hmm. When you get into your menstrual phase of your cycle, all of those emotions are, are going to come through at that, mm-hmm. that phase in your cycle. Um, we're going to have to press pause and educate Emily for a minute. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure other people, I'm hoping other people have this question too. Also, I am like really angry that as a woman, I don't understand these things about my own body. But can you break down like what is the menstrual phase? Because I'm like, that's all 28 yeah. days, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Okay, yeah. So don't feel bad because I didn't know this either. And most women, we are so out of touch with our our bodies, you know? I'm ashamed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's crazy how connected we are to like the moon cycle. Because just like how the moon has phases, we have phases as well. So you have four phases of your cycle. You have the menstrual phase. You have your follicular phase you have your ovulation phase and then your luteal phase. Okay. Okay. I've so heard menstru- all these terms, but yeah. I have not <laughs> understood them. Um, so in your <clears throat> menstruation phase, that is obviously when you're bleeding. So okay. that's a time to be like very introspective. You're getting things prepared for the rest of your cycle. So this is a time you shouldn't be, you know, doing super like rigorous workouts and trying to like figure out your whole business model in this Mm -hmm. time like this is just i'm handling myself i'm you know doing the self-care all that kind of stuff when you get into your follicular phase that is when you have the most energy so and that's right after you're done bleeding yes Okay. okay so you can take all the action you need to do um any sort of like big projects you can get started on that Like, that's just a time to be doing. Okay. Right? Then when you move into your ovulation phase, that is when you are most magnetic. So if you, I don't know if you have any, um, like, business coaches or entrepreneurs on your, um, in your audience, but Mm -hmm. if you are going to launch, that is the best time to launch. If you um, want to pitch yourself to something or you want to ask for a raise, you want to do it when you're ovulating because you're the most magnetic. Your communication is superb during this time. Okay. Um, So in your follicular phase and ovulation, that's when you can be doing, you know, your weightlifting and your hit cardio and it's just a whole lot of doing energy. Then when you move into your luteal phase, this is the phase right before you go into your menstruation. So this is a time when you're, you're, you know, tying up loose ends, so to speak. Okay. So this is like detailed work. You're wrapping up things. Maybe you're finishing projects, finishing contracts, right? And this is more of like being energy. So maybe you're doing more yoga, right? Okay. More, more flowy sort of things. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I have a feeling that I'm not the only one that has these questions. And I just think it's really, I mean, I'm joking when I say I'm ashamed. I just think it's really interesting how out of touch with our actual bodies women are. And I think, especially from the my like coaching approach of helping women feel good in their bodies, like I think a lot of that might stem from we have just negative relationships with our bodies in general. And we think they're gross and we think they're ugly. We think periods are gross. We think all that stuff's bad, you know? And everybody's used to that but at the same time like that is not what i think normal should be like you shouldn't be disgusted with your own like (coughs) physical thing that you live in right and it shouldn't be gross to like have a period or talk about sex you know but yet women are like um no that's like not appropriate or whatever so girl that was me all day i'm like ew like why are you talking about this i have very respectable women in my life who are that way you know and so i just think that it's really interesting i also think in the middle of this conversation it can be perceived or like i know some people are going to be like oh my god this is woo woo wee witchcraft like oh i have phases like the moon like whatever 
That is yeah. something also I want to talk to you about because you you do some hoodoo voodoo stuff down there in the islands, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you uh, specifically talk to us about tarot cards? Um, your sage, your celery juice, like all this stuff that obviously like is your jam and like you're fucking glowing, you know, like it's doing its thing, but so many people are going to be like, eh, celery juice, eh, I'm not sage in my house. Like talk to us about mm. how you found those things and why you promote them. Yeah. So my original thoughts on tarot cards was I'm like, oh my God, it's going to tell my future. Nope. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> But once I um, actually had a friend who introduced me to it, and she's really woo. -woo. I was like, ah, mm. but it got it got me interested, and so I educated mm -hmm. myself on it. And so I was like, okay. So I bought my own cards. And the thing with tarot cards is that they don't tell your future; they just give you things to think about. Okay. So how I use it is very simple and general. I. Honestly, I shuffle the cards and I pick a card and that's my card for the day. I go and read whatever the card is about and I'll take that okay. into perspective. Like, hmm, okay, I didn't think about that. And okay. it, it just gives you insight. So that's how sure. I use tarot cards. I like cards. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's tarot cards. Check. Sage or whatever you're burning in your house. Educate me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sage is honestly just to... It's said to get rid of bad energy and to cleanse your space. Okay. Um, so I am not like a huge stickler. Like I have to sage my house every two days out of the third mm -hmm. month. And I just do it when <laughs> it intuitively feels good. Okay. Um, when I'm hopping on client calls, it's a lot of like, I'm an empath. Mm -hmm. And so I take in a lot of people's energy. energy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes the calls get deep. You know, there's a lot of, I have to hold a lot of space. So usually when I mm -hmm. hop on those calls, I want it to be a clear, going into a yeah. clear. So I'll mm -hmm. light a candle and maybe I'll sage. You know, I have a couple like essential oils that I'll, I'll rub on myself. So it, I okay. just feel okay. into a lot of it. Okay. And then I like love tuning into your morning ritual like every day. Um, so if you guys are listening and you don't follow Capricia yet, then go hit her up and just watch how beautiful her mornings look. But can you walk us through like, I mean, I know what you do, but what is your like morning practice? And then, you know, some of the stuff can be perceived again as woo woo wee. You're drinking celery juice, you're having tea, you're doing lemon juice to wake up your digestive system. And people are like, <laughs> F this, you know, like, Tell us about those things. I love them. I'm here for them. But again, they're not always perceived the best way immediately. Yeah. So my morning routine, I used to be very stickler about it. Mm -hmm. I have to do this and then I have to do this and it's got to be every morning. <laughs> yes. What I have realized, especially with um, healing my relationship with my feminine, is that we need space to just flow and especially in your mornings that should be the time that you're flowing yeah right because as professional women we are in our masculines for most of the day mm -hmm. right we're making decisions all day we've got to be on our a game all day right so usually i'll feel into what feels good so i'll wake up mm. The first thing I do, and I always do this every morning, this is the one thing that remains the same, is a gratitude list. Okay. And for me, how I perceive a gratitude list is, you know, as entrepreneurs, you know, we got shit. It's like you can't turn your business off. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you're pissed about something, you're upset about something, you're worrying about something. And so for me, a gratitude list helps me to remember like, bitch, you good. Yeah. Like life is good. Look at the mm -hmm. bed you're laying in. Remember when yeah. you manifested this apartment that you wanted two years yeah. ago? You're in it. Remember, mm -hmm. right? So love doing a gratitude list. And then I always go into a future gratitude list. And this would be kind of like manifesting, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I just write what I'm grateful for as if I'm, I already have it. And I'm sure right, a lot of right. your audience has already heard these things. Yeah. So yeah, then I do 
whatever feels good after that. So I have a couple um, meditations that I've recorded for my clients um, to help them like visualize different things. Other times I like to dance. I have a pole in my house, so I'll usually yes. swing around a couple times. So, you know, visualizations, meditations, I'll dance, I'll twerk. Um, maybe I'll go on a walk. Okay. in the mornings so that sounds really... so tame right after twerking geez <laughs> <laughs> well i don't do all of this every single <laughs> right. day it's just right. what's coming up um yeah. and then i'll move into my lemon water and then celery juice okay um i love that you just describe your morning routine as like your time to flow and like do what feels good because I have a morning routine. Mornings are like my fave time of day because like you said, we spend a lot of our day in our masculine and I am not like a naturally masculine person. Like I don't, I don't feel strong in that energy. So I love the morning cause I'm just like doing my thing and I don't feel like I have to like direct myself, you know? And I also promote having a morning routine for everybody, not just women, but like everybody. Um, but I think a lot of people are under the impression that it has to be like you said you were at the beginning, very regimented. I do the same thing every morning. It's always woo woo wee, um, drinking something and then meditating and then, you know, and like you said, some mornings it is and some mornings it's not. So I like that you describe it as just whatever flows and it's your time. I always tell people, start your day doing what you want to do. Something that you want to do. Because a lot of our days, especially if you don't work for yourself, are not things that you are choosing. They might not inherently be things you don't want to do, but they're not your choice. You know, it's like, I have to do this project because I, I need to at work or whatever. So I always say, just make your morning your choice, what you want to do. Start your day how you want. So I like that. Um, I also like that you talk about movement because you come from personal training background, but now you're much more just like holistic, how to make health a priority for women. Obviously movement is a part of that. Um, walk us through like what kind of movement you recommend to your clients in terms of frequency, intensity, type, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> it's so funny coming from personal training where I would tell people, you know, you need to be in the gym three to four times a week. You need to be doing these specific workouts. And it's definitely shifted into let's get your body moving daily. So I always recommend my clients to either walk or do some sort of dancing. Okay. So that's like your daily, daily thing. Um, in terms of like, and this all depends on what their goals are and what part of their healing that they're in because that's a whole nother thing too like when you have a lot of like gut issues you don't want to be doing rigorous exercise okay that's putting stress on the body as well so that's a whole nother factor too um but when it comes to the gym on average and I, again i don't tell my clients to do anything that i don't do on average mm -hmm. i'm in the gym three times a week the most now yeah yeah. And that works for me. It works for my goals because I'm not trying to get any sort of body physique. I'm just yeah. maintaining. I love the gym. It feels good. Mm -hmm. And that's just what it, what it is. We keep it simple. Yeah. So, but I mean, okay, you skipped a huge thing. There's a pole right behind you and you just said, stop okay. I just swing on my pole. <laughs> um you know, obviously you're not going to tell your clients to get a stripper pole, but like, what is it about? I mean, and pole is becoming like more of a normal thing. Um, but what is it about pole that you like and that feels good? And that like, what does it bring out in you? You know? Yeah. Um, so the beginning of last year, I was like, I want to get more in touch with like, and your audience can't yes. see me dancing, but I, I just no, want to feel know. good, you know? Oh, yes. So we have a pole studio on islands. And so I was like, okay, let me just drop Wait, in pause. and see. Do you have okay. literally a pole studio? Like there's just one. Just one, girl. I love just it. Okay, one. keep going, keep going. <laughs> so I dropped in and I ended up loving it. Number one, because it was something so new for me. Mm -hmm. And that was the time when I was trying to come out of being so regimented and being in the gym all the time. I wanted to switch up my move, my movement. And um, yeah, so it was a really great workout and it was something new and different. Now I will admit in the beginning, it wasn't really flowy. 
because I was trying to get like, oh wait, how do you do this? How do you do that? Yes, yeah, so yeah. So it definitely took a couple months to where you know I could build up my little repertoire. Yes, and okay. <laughs> I had things to work with so that I could flow and I could just listen to the mm-hmm. music and let my body mm-hmm. go. Yeah. So um, pole has just become a huge part of my life. I love it because. Um, it's a beautiful duality between your feminine because you get to flow, but mm. then it's also your masculine where you have specific technique, right? You have to climb the pole a certain way. You have to mm-hmm. grip a certain way. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Give us some very basic like takeaways from this like after women listen to this whole conversation and their minds are blown by like what I've got four phases in my cycle and like I can be doing this and like it's not normal to feel these things like what are some basic actionable things um that women can do now yeah so I would say the first place to start is being more introspective sitting down with yourself and asking yourself the hard questions like am Mm, I truly happy with the way my life is or am I just going through Mm. the motions yeah I like that I think yeah being introspective being curious you know yeah absolutely yeah Uh, and then I would say from there you know what do you want Mm. do you want that raunchy sex like yeah what do you want to try a pole class like what is it that you want right why what are you are you trying to confine yourself and put yourself in a box because this is how this is who you should be yeah right who do you want to be Mm -hmm. because when you are fully like in that and in your magic and like fully lit up people feel that yeah oh yeah girl yeah honestly that that's where the Pandora's box starts. When you can mm-hmm. get curious mm-hmm. with yourself and start asking yourself those questions, naturally yeah. you become more curious, right? You mm-hmm. start following the accounts that you really want to follow. And, yeah. you know, when it comes to health and weight loss, a specific question that you can ask yourself is, what am I trying to lose weight for? Mm-hmm. Is it because I really felt better at that 30 pounds less or did I love what my life looked like when I was 30 yeah. pounds less? Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on now. We in church. Yes. Oh, exactly. <laughs> no, you know what? I love that you went there instead of, you know, and I, I let people go wherever they want with that question, but I love that you went there instead of like, okay, some things you can definitely do now are like, take this supplement and cut out dairy. You know, like I love that you went into like, because I was just talking about this the other day. If you don't fix the source first, all those supplements don't mean shit. You know, like I don't care if you're taking your fish oils and your whatevers. Like if you don't know who you are, what you want, and you don't feel empowered to go and get what you want, like don't care about the rest, you know? So um, that was awesome. Super powerful. Yeah. And what women don't realize is that when you are fully tapped into like your feminine and you're feeling juicy, girl, you make so much more money. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Um, obviously it has shifted my business completely, but one of my clients, she's a business coach. She made a hundred thousand dollars in quarter one just by that. Cause we started um, at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. I think she like, more than tripled her income that she made last year and it's nothing different that that she did other than she's feeling more juicy yeah yeah right she's healed a lot of the things that she was battling with she's Mm -hmm. not telling herself i should be doing this and i should be doing that she's giving herself permission to like just be and people are yeah. feeling into that and they're loving that and they're magnetized mm-hmm. to that and she's making bank yes <laughs> i love that you just just like that makes so much sense like you're feeling juicy like yeah. yep yep i think that should be your like pitch like i help women feel juicy <laughs> i'm changing my instagram bio right yeah, now right now <laughs> brb <laughs> oh i love it okay um tell us where to find you 
Okay, so dancing again. <laughs> always dancing. <laughs> so you guys can find me on Instagram at Caprivana, C-A-P-R-I-V-A-N-A-A. Two A's okay. at the end. But I mostly hang out on Instagram. Okay. And yeah, come hang out with me. I'm always on my stories and I'd love to yes. help you guys. Yes. Um, and then do you have any questions? Anything else you want to add that like maybe we didn't talk about? I have a question for you, Emily. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm nervous. <laughs> what you got? like, uh. <laughs> Ask away. So I know that you are shifting out of your personal training, which I mm-hmm. felt like you were never pers- just a personal trainer. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you feeling into at this moment? Like, who, who, is, who is the Emily Jordan that we're going to be getting now? I, you know, juicy is a good way to describe it. Um... I think I was like personally ashamed of wanting something different for a really long time, mm. you know, like not wanting to be a teacher, not wanting to be a personal trainer that I was like trying to make myself want those things. And now I'm just like, I don't want that. And I feel finally confident, not wanting that and confident that what I want is a real thing. Um, so I just, I do feel juicy <laughs> and yes. I feel really creative too. Like I'm also a very like I'm an artist at heart. I grew up writing and painting and drawing and doodling and making origami shit. Like I just, I, I've grown up as an artist and I've always been creative. I've always been a writer. Um, that's my favorite part of my business besides actually like just the joy of helping people. But like, I like making shit for my business. Um, making Instagram posts, making, cover art for a podcast, like making an article, you know, I love doing that stuff. And I don't know if it's this Corona lockdown or that it's springtime or probably something with my cycle. Now that I know about that, but I just feel, I just feel creative and I feel allowed. Like, I feel like I have permission to create right Mm. now. Um, Yeah. Mm. Mm. Because, you know, as a, as a business owner too, like it's really easy for those things that you can't directly monetize to take the backseat. Like this podcast does not pay my bills, but it's so fun and it does bring people to my business and it is a creative outlet that like previously I would have been like, that's a waste of time. We need to like do marketing and like advertising. Meh, meh, meh. I love that you brought up like, you know, giving yourself that permission. Yeah. Right? Not putting ourselves into this box. Mm-hmm. Right. As women, when we feel stifled, like that creativity cannot come through and our, our real full power doesn't yeah. come through that way yeah yeah good um, question yeah i love it now i feel yes. even juicier honestly after this conversation i'm like i'm in it i'm gonna go do something but yes. i can't dance because i'm gonna dance like a white girl and i just like Ugh, and that's fine girl that's fine as long as you're moving those hips Ooh, i do got some hips to move we good girl you got a bang body but that's another day okay i love you thank you for being on here and um thank you for having me this is fun